0: This segment of Off the Huzzle is powered by sasgolfer.com.
1: He gave it away! Koser scores! 5 on 5! Five.
2: Hey everybody, welcome back to episode number 20 of Off the Huzzle. My name is Drew Koser, and I am your host, I'm joined yet again today by my brother, Troy Kroser. How you doing? Hey! Wow! That is loud. I'm happy you're back in the studio today with us. It's De- Wednesday. Uh, you know, Monday was a great podcast. We launched uh, Jared Dutois and Bob Weeks. Today we have a, we have an exciting one. We won't tell you who the guests are just quite yet. Uh, I want to ask, though, Troy, quickly, how you doing, man?
0: I'm doing really well, Drew. Uh did a good week here. Podcast kicking ass. Let's uh, let's keep the good times rolling, eh?
2: I love it. I love it. Yeah, man. I was curious. Uh, I know you didn't get out golfing this weekend, as I did. Three times. I played Friday, Saturday, Monday. And quickly before you come in and grill me on this one, everyone that plays at the Royal Regina right now, if you put me in a tea time and you do not confirm with me, You're dead to me because I cannot afford to lose two weeks of golf because someone put me in and I may not check my email that day. Do not put me in unless you text me first. Anyways, my golf game though, Troy, before you you cut in here, Friday, I put out a poll on Twitter and Instagram that said over under 76 over you put over. I was like, I don't know. It's a par 70 now due to the you whole know, 10 is uh, fixing up their fairway at the Royal Regina. Um, I end up shooting bogey, bogey, bogey to shoot 77 Paul Coffee day one. Not a, not very happy. So I did a online for that. I go on to day two. I play out at Evan Lee Lawn Creek. I played it once in my life. Shot 73. Not a big deal.
0: Yeah, didn't you go like birdie, 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 birdie or something like that? Five.
2: Five in a row. I... <laughs> The guys I play with were two good buddies. I mean, uh, Tyrell Shokro and Josh, uh, Josh Jordan, his brother is Michael Jordan. Coincidence. Uh, play with them and, and Mark Johnson for ninety two point one FM. A little free plug there for him. But I mean, I go on a run of five birdies in a row, <laughs> and I actually had eight birdies in the round. Just I shoot on the eighteen holes. Seventy seven. I shoot seventy two with eight birdies. Well, that's not that good. <laughs> <laughs> and then I go on to shoot 82 the next day the Royal him. it might have been hurricane hey, now,
0: now you're moving into my rankings
2: I shoot 82 everyone oh Kosha always has a blow up round out there yeah all you sassy listeners out there yeah I do have a blow up round and you're all perfect no did you want to ask about my golf game this past weekend hold on so I go wow. on to shoot 82 or 82, and I lose 30 bucks by Mitch Manichuk and Brian Dewitt the GM of the Royal um, anyhow, Troy, how was your week
0: weekend B- and Monday and what's going on? Before we get into my golf game, that $30 wasn't on the off a of hazel account, was it? No. Oh, okay, good. I don't want to hear that it was. <laughs> uh, my golf game was delayed for multiple reasons. One, gout, got the gout, not fun. Got to lay off the steak. Five out of seven <laughs> days. Not good. Uh, I'd be broke. And two, never got the invite from, uh, you. Uh,
2: so, I'd like to move on now to. <laughs> no, um, no answer to that, eh? You know, we're 20 episodes in. We've had on some unbelievable guests. We, th- there's not one guest on this show. I mean, I get grilled a little bit uh, about Kozak a little bit. I mean, episode one, no recap, no sponsors. I just started out, guys. But I think we've had on a lot of good guests, Troy. And I think I mean, 20 episodes in, and the guys we have coming on.
0: Yeah, what people don't realize is who we've already recorded with and who we will be putting out and the guests that we will be recording with. Um, epic, epic.
2: Yeah. Uh, all, so then I guess now moving into this next part I want to talk about is now 20 episodes in, we're working so hard on this thing and, and you know, it, it we're doing great things, but I want to, I want to mention, uh, Troy is, you know, he's the co-host of the show. He does a ton of behind the leg work when I'm working my, uh, my day job at the city of Regina no I mean there's a free attic yes I mean the of Regina they pay my bills so yeah um, you know but Troy works so hard behind the scenes he does the social media he does a lot of the you know like the um, you know sales part of things he's just doing a great thing and a great job and you know I mean I don't know I don't know how you want to label it. We'll, we'll do actually we're gonna do a uh, a staff posting hopefully either this week later in the week or next week. You know, Troy. I, I would say co-host and you know sales, you know co-founder. I mean, I don't know, man. I I really appreciate what you're doing.
0: Yeah, no, no problem at all. No problem.
2: Well, that's I did give you quite the intro there and a little uh, new uh, new pay grade. I mean, I just the no problem. But anyhow, Troy. Yeah, like I said, I appreciate all the work you've been doing. Uh, I'd like to announce. You know, he's he's a very quiet guy. He's funny. One of my best buddies, maybe my best buddy. Um He's now the production audio manager. That's a lot of words from you guys out there listening to this right now as I talk fast. But Mr. Daniel Hagel, uh, D. Hagged, he'll go by on the show here. Uh, he's going to come on once in a while. And yeah, man, we're happy to have you.
3: Yeah, thanks, boys. Um, really looking forward to being a part of it with you guys. And like I said, I think this can grow very big with Off the Housel and all the podcasts that you guys and the episodes that you guys have done so far have been really good and i've loved it so you know i'm happy to be on board and help you guys out and kind of you know just so everybody else knows too with what i'll be kind of look, at, you know taking care of or kind of helping out bes- behind the scenes with some new you know content that maybe you guys don't see with you know these guys are on audio or stuff like that i'll be kind of that guy to you know provide the content and eventually here once this covid kind of passes we can you know maybe go to some golf, golf tourneys and, you know, I'll kind of be behind the camera and we'll get some good content for all you listeners out there to kind of see what goes on behind the scenes.
0: Well, welcome aboard, Dan. Uh, Drew always said you'd be better behind the camera in
3: front of it. So. <laughs> that's that's true, yeah. Not the, not the prettiest face out here, but.
0: Like, Daniel,
2: I mean, I mean, obviously, like, we're happy to have you. And, I mean, I guess we'll segue now into some of the guests that we're having on and, you know, James Duffy. Um, Daniel was kind of very similar there too, As sorry, D Heggs was by Brian Mudric there. He just took over the show for like six minutes. It felt like yeah, maybe maybe I'm coming for your guys' jobs here. Maybe I'm going to watch out. No.
0: M- Mudric. Yeah. I can't wait for that one to be released. So Brian
2: Mudrick from TSN is not an analyst. i just absolutely grilled by that guy on this, on that one. So, uh, yeah, there won't
0: be an intro for that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: we also have on, uh, we are recording on th- yeah, Thursday, so tomorrow night uh, with John Michael Lyles, smooth skating, snapping around. Oh, just a man rocket, too. I'm excited for that one. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Troy, do you have anything to say about John Michael Lyles there? Well, just another huge guest
0: for the show. Um, Sunday, we're recording with uh, Mr. Mr. Mark Savard, Mark
2: Savard former. Uh, well, I just. Was it former Stanley Cup champion? Yeah, he's former. So, yeah, I mean, been through a tough career. Obviously, both those guys are great to have on and by the way they're also sticks at golf too both plus ones and they're good players so i i, I don't know i'm excited i don't try what do you think
0: well very excited i mean we still got guys lined up that are already recorded i mean we have uh, pg up and comer noah steel um oh drew we've recorded with so many people i can't remember i can't even think or now. Uh, All I know is I keep looking at the list, and then we put that post out last week on our our social media accounts, so again, i got to go through them. There's Twitter, at underscore off the hosel, Facebook, off the hosel, Instagram, at uh, underscore off the hosel, but we put that post out about who would Saskatchewan like to see, or not Saskatchewan, but our listeners, and uh, we got bombarded. I have a lot of legwork. I know, Drew, you're going to help out too with some guest recruitment, but there was a lot of names that people want to hear and see on the show, so... We are working on it, and we're going to get it done, hopefully.
2: So, I mean, we wanted to do set at the start of the show here. Um, you know, we had some terrible news just this past weekend here. Uh, the Snowbirds, Troy, correct me if I'm wrong at, at any point here. I mean, they're based out of Moose Jaw, just in our, in our own backyard here. Um, you know, a former journalist, uh, now a Captain Jennifer Casey, you know, she she ends up you know, passing away in a fatal crash, it's, uh, I don't know, like we want to send our condolences, you know, to the family, and,
0: yeah, yeah. and you know, Drew, we also, we got to think about the other pilot too, that did live, but, I mean, he's got some serious, serious injuries, um, it sucks, I hate to say it, but, you know what, she probably went, out the way she would have wanted to go out if you know what i'm saying you know
2: yeah you know it's sorry guys i mean i I just get choked up about that because man i don't know it's it's life (laughs) like not like i mean take that what, what i'm trying to say here is like that's you know
0: that's a life that just is lost because she you know well especially when they were you know touring across canada to thank all our healthcare workers right
2: yeah, you know, I just you know, I don't. Want, I just want to say condolences to the family and you know the Snowbirds. I mean, everyone that's thinking about her uh, to this day.
0: Yeah, well said, Drew.
2: So uh, we're gonna move on now to you know the PGA had a little COVID relief, a uh, little tourney this weekend, a little uh, two what's it match play, a little two on two. Ma- now I sound like an idiot now. Match play, uh, what is it? Was it Rory and Rory and DJ? And uh, Matt Wolf and Fowler. And Fowler. So. Fowler's mustache? Sick. How about
0: Wolf's, though? Not bad.
2: Yeah, th- no, they were both pretty. I liked them both. You know, Wolf's a funny guy. I mean, I-, I know you have some points on this. I was actually. I liked Ricky, how he was almost in game mode. Like, when he was over the ball, he was walking. And- he actually knew how to carry his golf bag. Did you see Dustin Johnson trying to yeah, carry his golf I,
0: bag? Yeah, it was hilarious. I watched I can't remember what hole it was. Dustin teed off and he just started walking off the tee box. And then he realized that he didn't have a caddy with him. <laughs> Had to go back, pick his bag up, and start walking again. Or when he misses. Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous.
2: <laughs> or when he misses that putt to like what they would have won the match. And everyone's like, oh, DJ just missed that putt. Just like real golf when he's always playing. Like, I was like, <laughs> he saw his little strutty dust, And I was like, DJ's like, we had a playoff hole. <laughs> but like man, I don't know. I I it was cool. I liked how they wore shorts. That was cool. And I don't know. It was I mean, just it was
0: just nice to see some live golf on TV. It gave a lot of sports enthusiasts something to watch. I'm sure golf ratings went up huge this past week, well, this past Sunday. Agreed? I would say. So I mean just even well, even obviously just playing
2: golf, I mean alone, but like getting to watch live action golf like i was actually texting jared Dutois and he's like i haven't even i haven't watched it all i've been driving or i i just didn't think i'm like man it's crazy you guys should wear shorts all the <laughs> all, all the time and like all the and like just it was different with no fans it felt like i was playing because i was like there's no fans and there's just yeah i don't know that that's 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 i
0: thought no it was entertaining for sure um just like i said glad golf's back on so, quickly here, I know, you know,
2: Daniel and Troy, you both haven't um, finished it yet. I am lucky enough to finish have
0: the whole season so far. Don't spoil it. I'm finishing number 10 tonight.
2: The last dance. I mean, I know you're not, a, from what it sounds like, you're not a big MJ fan, putting it on the spot right now. You
0: know, no, I'm, I'm, I'm still not. And I mean, again, I'm a lot older than you. I got to watch him play basketball in his prime. I just find himself very arrogant. I mean, yeah, he was probably the best. Yeah. I'll say that. Probably the best player to ever play. But when you go and play, I don't want to wreck this for our viewers that haven't listened, but the one story that I remember from the show that I watched last night, it was episode nine, I believe, was the poisoned pizza. Yeah. You know, um, was it poisoned or was it just due to bad performance? Do you know? Um, See, I read an article today that they interviewed the guy that made the pizza from the, I believe it was Salt Lake City? Where it was I it? can tell so it. in Utah Pizza Hut. I'm a golf guy. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I know. Anyways, he said that's total poppycock. Is that, is that what it was? Poppycock. <laughs> I
2: don't know what that means. Google it. Okay, later. Okay, so what I, what I thought, honestly, when it first happened, when they walked up to the door and they knocked the door and they're like, there's five guys there. Number one was, is it poisoned? Number two was, are they going to try and kill him? Number three was, uh, I was like, number three, I was like, or do they just want to see him? What is he doing? What is Michael Jordan doing on his off time? Now, I realized it all after. I mean, obviously, you mentioned what it was. And sorry for spoilers uh, what Troy mentioned there, but it's, it's crazy, man. I like. I, I'm getting. I wish it to be 900 episodes long because I liked it. He's he's so competitive. Or when he when he goes to gamble and people are like, "Oh, he's got a gambling problem." Ten dollars to me is ten thousand dollars to Michael Jordan. He's good for
0: it. Did, did you realize? Because you're like I said, younger. So you, if you're watching basketball nowadays, like Steve Kerr. Did you know that he played with Michael Jordan?
2: I did, but I knew he. Well, I, obviously, I watched the show, but I, I've I fall basketball a little bit. I knew that Kerr was drafted the Cavs and played there, started there. I didn't know that he wanted to be like, what's his name? uh, The guard. Uh, he wanted to be like him. Oh, my God. Doesn't matter. Anyways. Stockton? But, could be. I don't know. I could be wrong. Now we're now we're done off track. Now. Yeah. But yeah, go Again.
0: on. Sorry. No, I just, you know, and he's the head coach of Golden State now. Right? Your and favorite I'm, team. Uh, right? Yeah. They're my favorite team. Yeah. Pre-Steph Curry. Anyways, enough basketball talk. <laughs> Sick league. So I want to move on now.
2: Do you want to talk about what?
0: Well, I just wanted you to mention about you were telling me before we hit the record button that Michael Jordan was a wizard on the floor or something like that, and I just wanted to say I wanted to piggyback. You're right. So Michael Jordan was just an absolute wizard on the floor. It's crazy to think. And you know what? Speaking of flooring, today's sponsor of Off the Hazel is brought to you by GR Flooring. For all your flooring needs, contact Todd Ripplinger at 306- 537 or go visit in person at 1260 McDonald Street in Regina, Sask. Wow. We are like live recording, live audio,
2: live footage and Troy's ripping off live ad reads like RA from Chicklets there.
0: Not bad. Not bad. Wow.
2: Okay, segueing into uh, golf talk now. Local golf sad in news. You know Dean Prosky, he's on, he was on the first episode of Inside the Clubhouse, our segment there. The Scotia Wealth Open has been sadly
0: canceled. Yep, canceled, not postponed, but unfortunately canceled.
2: Yeah, it's you know what, Troy. Honest, I mean, I don't. You've never seen the tournament in action. You've never been there. You've never played. And not to like rag on you, but it's it's one of the best tournaments of the year. It brings college players back. It actually brings guys like Troy Bulmer coming back home from BC to play in these events. And and I'm like, Bulmer was a guy that I was like, I want to be him when I'm older. So getting to play, not in the same group as him, I wish I could. I'm just not that good. But uh, I like to watch him practice in the putting green. And you know, that like I said, I've lost a tournament before because I was in one one night. But it's super cool to be hanging out with your buddies you haven't seen in seven months. You know, I coach and It's one of the guys that plays for a team in, in our league. I coach. He's a goalie. And I get to see him once a year in January at the rink and then at the golfer. So the net is a great tournament. It's very sad. I and mean, moving forward here, it's, you know, Dino, it's Tough news, man. I don't know. It's just,
0: it's one of those years. That I don't well, know, it's I, uncertain year. That's exactly it. It's it's this year. Uh, I, I truly believe things are gonna get back to normal. Uh, I imagine it's probably not the only tournament that's gonna get canceled. I know, talking to you off air at your home club, that you know, men's nights and stuff aren't going through, I don't think.
2: Well, they're moving now to a men's day slash night. So basically, you book your tee time and play and put your score in. Oh, so okay. Okay. it's actually not a... It's actually a great idea. I mean, this you get to play. You don't have to have work hours to go. Uh, anyhow, so that one's out. It's not two weeks away, you know? I'm actually just getting down to the pull-up right now. Um, sorry, this year's changed. June 20, 21st, Uh the Tor Hill... Uh, Pub tournament, you know. I think you just contact the website. I don't have that in front of me. I'm sorry, guys. Um, moving forward here, Troy. Upcoming guests. We kind of talked about James Duffy and Brian Mudrick and Noah Steele. God, I can't even think. We have so many good guests. Oh, we have Scott Pritchard, the president of the Mackenzie Tour, coming on. Um, and
0: like I said, the guys, the guys and girls that were lining up. Um, it's just listen in, folks. You, you're not going to want to miss these these guests that we got coming up. Um, Drew, did, did we want to touch base about the contest that we announced? Uh, not, yet. Not, not yet, not yet. Just just quite.
2: Give me one. Sorry. Sorry. Um, we talked about yeah. Scott Pritchard. Uh, I just had the name on the top of my head right now. God, I can't think of it now. Uh,
1: steal?
2: No, before him, after him, before. Oh, sorry. We put out a uh, post the other day asking about who you want to see on, and we and we know we did that a month and a half ago. And we got a little ran into, you know, some of these, you know, checkmark guys. Not putting on the back burner. I have been in contact with Mr. Lindsey Bernakiewicz. He is coming on the show. I will be calling Scott Knapp. Scotty, put your phone on. Turn that, turn that ringer up all the way. I'm calling you. I heard that you were close, uh, I believe, on the European tour or close to making it. I'm not sure exactly, but that's why I'm calling you. We're turn, calling you.
0: Turn your phone on, Scotty. Turn your phone on. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you know, Tori Coughlin. Guy's a beauty. I've probably said one time. First time i called this guy, Tori, he starts talking about he hits the ball long down donkey count. He talks like day all the time. I love Tory. And I've known him for about nine minutes. Okay, we met on the we met on the deck one time, Saskatoon Country Club. By the way, unbelievable Pogros with cheese sauce and mustard, homemade. How are you? Yeah, um, I
0: seen the picture there. Look good.
2: <laughs> look real good. As far as the guests though, keep your phone on, please. I mean, or you know, Troy's gonna be DMing, you know, Daniel now is gonna be pumping out content you guys just keep it on we're gonna get all these guests in especially now that rules are starting to regulations are starting to lift we can do these live interviews now right you know we're learning how to do it now just by looking i've known my brother my whole life vice versa and daniel but it's a little sometimes it's like why are we talking to each other now we're on the mic we just talk normal right so anyhow keep your phones on um
0: yeah, don't don't think uh, myself or Daniel are being creepers if we're hitting up your DM. <laughs> uh just check the last name, you know.
2: Uh yeah, so but well quickly before we move on to our our guests we're talking about, you know, at Coaster Troy, at Coaster Drew, they're both open. And I Daniel, what is yours, bud? Daniel! At Daniel Hagel 5 At Daniel Hagel 5 you know, it can always D-Higg's Twitter. Okay, now he wants D Twitter. Now on Twitter he wants two two plugs. Okay, so it, long story <laughs> short Contact all three of us if you have questions. Uh, they all come back to me. So, uh, our guest today, did we say that already, Troy? I, I don't know. I don't know, Drew. And if we did, we did. If we didn't, we didn't. So, Mr. Uh, Craig Dickinson, the head coach of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and O-Lyman Dan Clark from Regina, Saskatchewan. went to Tom or Martin? He was a Tom Trojan. Tom Trojan. Boo. <laughs> so we have on... Some great guests right now for you guys, and we'll send it out
0: over now. Well, I thought we were going to talk about talk about the contest. Social media. Let's do
2: social media and the contest.
0: So we released a contest on Tuesday. Uh, we have three separate $50 gift cards from our friends at Divots Indoor Golf up for grabs. You can go to Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I don't got to keep saying underscore off the hosel, off the hosel, off the hosel, because everybody knows it. Like, share, comment, tag three friends. The, the post is up there. We're going to announce the winners on Friday. Again, there's three. And we're, everybody's name that's mentioned in all the posts, even the people you tag are going into the draw drum. We'll pick three names. Uh, I'll probably contact you via DM for the winners. So, yeah, let's, uh, let's get some more entries in there. So when, when, when fall, winter comes around, uh, you can get out and do some golf and you get free $50 gift card at uh, Divots Indoor Golf.
2: Other than that, uh, I think we're ready to send off over to our guest, and I believe Mr. Dan Clark is first. Enjoy, everyone.
0: This segment of Off the Huzzle is brought to you by Brownie's Golf Shop at the Royal Regina, Southern Saskatchewan's premier custom club fitters. Using FlightScope and GC Quad technology, Brownie's Golf Shop will give you the high-performance club fitting you need for that new driver or set of irons. Offering a full line of clubs featuring Titleist, Ping, Callaway, TaylorMade, Cobra, and Strixen at the best prices. Brownie's Golf Shop High performance club fitting to help you enjoy the game. Contact Dean at RoyalRegina.com to book your fitting or yardage gapping appointment.
2: righty, we are pleased to be joined by Regina Boy, Great Cup champion. I, I could be wrong, you could have more than one. Uh and current Saskatchewan Rough Rider Dan Clark. Uh thanks for joining the podcast today, Daniel. Hey, thanks for having me guys. I really appreciate it. So, I mean, what are you doing nowadays? Uh obviously, I mean I mean COVID's not gone by any means. It's still there, but I mean with Saskatchewan and the way our trajectory is what are you doing at home right now? Are you, are you, are you working another job are you, are you working out? I mean, what's going on in your life? So, you know what? Uh, currently it's, it's wake up in the morning. I've been very fortunate
4: for the last, I want to say six off seasons to be able to work at the Red Cross. So my off seasons are pretty, pretty open anyways, but, um, my son wakes me up. We kind of get our day going by making breakfast, having a cup of coffee and then I'm in the gym for probably about two hours every day. Um, I built a squat rack in my garage. Um, not really everything I need. I'm doing all my bench press off uh, milk crates, which is true to (laughs) the actual boy in that case. Uh, And then at that point, it's lunchtime for the Clark household, and then from there, it's Cash usually has a nap time, whether it's maybe some video games with my wife, Kayla, or it depends whether my daughter wants to paint my nails, which my unfortunately, my nails are (laughs) going to paint blue color right now, Uh uh, which is terrible, but that's the only blue (laughs) she had in her kit. Uh, And then, yeah, wake up from a nap maybe a walk around the block, maybe about a 2K walk or something like that, and then we just kind of really do whatever the kids want until bedtime. Um, today, I'm currently building a sandbox for my daughter and my son, so it's kind of, life's, life's kind of normal for me, I'm a big homebody guy kind of guy anyway, so um, really, besides not being able to go to, uh, anywhere and really not to get, get together with uh, all my wife's side of my family and maybe my family together, it's just a little bit different for myself.
2: So I'm curious to ask, I mean, um, th- like does Craig Dickinson or are you guys' as uh, workout staff trainers, are they giving you guys uh, workouts right now? Like, hey, we're firing you guys' emails. Or are, you, are you on Zoom chats or is it kind of just all personal?
4: Uh, you know what? It's, a lot of it's personal for myself. Uh, definitely recovered from my car accident last year. I did a lot of shoulder mobility myself. Um, but yeah, the guys receive the workouts. Uh, the Clint, uh, Clint Spencer's our uh, head strength conditioning coach. He receives a lot of our, uh, you know, the workouts towards the guys and allows them to be able to Things they can do. Um, unfortunately, not everybody has access and ability to kind of build their own little setup um, and have ability to get what they need for plates wise. But um, I was using Culligan water jugs for a little bit until the family needed them <laughs> for water or for weights. So it's about it's about staying ready instead of having to get ready. Uh, and that's a mindset that you know us Saskatchewan Rough fighters have currently. Um, you know we do some Zoom chatting as an offensive line just to be able to continue our terminology. Uh, always be able to, you know, better myself and learn, especially going. Was hoping to go into year twelve and still have that mindset. So it's always about, you know, that leveling up every year, and that's what I feel like we're doing, especially in these times. You know, Coach Moss is our new OC, so there's a lot to learn in that situation.
0: Right on. Hey Dan, it's Troy here. Uh, so with COVID, and uh, em- em- Randy Ambroge came out the other day saying that potential of no season. Uh, are you? Are you? concerned about the impact of the CFL riders with the possibility of no season?
4: You know what? Absolutely. Um, You know, I think we as Rider Nation don't really have to worry about a lot because um, we have such a strong fan base and we know that we have the support through merchandise sales, through ticket sales and all that, but you worry about the rest of it as a player. You worry about the rest of the uh, teams across the league, but in in saying that um, as a player, um, we have never been able to view The league's books and i understand that business versus you know a a union you never want them to know everything so um in that case i feel like they're going to do what is right for you know the cfl but importantly it's not even about being a football player being a part of the organization it's doing about what is the right for every single person in this province in canada on the guys that are coming from the states for their families while keeping them healthy and safe um do I wish that we would, you know, view a little bit more and have a little bit more talks with the CFL? Absolutely, the PA needs to do, uh, and they are doing everything they can to be able to keep us informed, but in this case, we really don't know what to do. Um, there's some radical decisions that need to be made, and just hoping that, you know, we can kind of get football kicked off in, for Rider Nation.
2: So, Dan, I, I, I'm really curious to ask this question. I mean, yeah, you're a Regina boy. You go know to, I, I believe, Tom's uh, collegiate Um yeah, sorry, oh, you went there, sorry, I mean, and Troy's laughing, here, like, I mean, they're bad grammar, sorry, it's Saturday. Oh, um go
0: Titans. <laughs> at English. Titan, <laughs> Titan pride.
2: So, oh, that's garbage. Riffle Rose, O'Dano, way better than Tom. Uh, I don't know, I remember when Riffle <laughs> came from 3A into 4A and we thought we'd lay a beating on them and they just absolutely destroyed just us. Just spank I you. For, I got hate for all high schools, unless you went to Tom. <laughs> Okay, so I want to ask, I mean, you went to Tom, and then did you go to U of R, and then the riders? I mean, what what was that transition like? So I
4: I was very fortunate out of high school. Uh, I had many offers uh, in the States and many offers across Canada. Um, And when I went and did a bunch of my visits, I didn't feel um, as though if I got injured, my schooling would be paid for. So, I talked to my parents, and I just really didn't know what I wanted to do at that point. So, I chose to play for the Regina Thunder, which is a junior program in Saskatchewan. Um, And I absolutely loved it. It was the ability to kind of figure out what I wanted to do with school and maybe transfer into going to university or college. uh, And then, about uh, three years into my program with the with the Regina Thunder, the riders approached me um, and going into my fourth year, and they said, "Hey Dan, we'd like you to come out to camp. We'd like you, you know, kind of show what you got." And at that point, I'll be honest, I thought I was just happy to be there. It was an opportunity. Um, being 19 years old, turning 20, that you know what I'm going to see like grown men,
1: and I only thought to be there for camp. Um, and yeah, in a matter of three, four weeks
4: of two days and showing, you know, I was there. I'm still not the best technical person, but you know what? Smashing people with my forehead has been pretty good to me over the last 12 years with the riders. So I'll continue to do that. But in saying that in 09, I had no idea what was going on in the playbook coming from a junior program. Um, it was just unfortunate that way that I couldn't grasp it right away. Uh, but the saving grace is I had a coach. His name was Bob Wiley at the time. He was our o line coach. Um, and he spoke very highly t- of me and to me. Uh, and he asked the riders if they would mind keeping me on for the PR um,
1: during 2009 season. Uh, and it turned into the biggest and best learning experience
4: of my life. Um, in 2010, I went back to, to play junior football with the uh, Regina Thunder and with the riders, um, just like a lot of our junior territorial exempt guys currently. Uh, Logan Ferland, who just came off of it and signed his contract with us uh, this year. Uh, but it's that opportunity to be able to show like everything slowed down going back to the junior program it was insane how slow the game felt but yeah it's also I was was practicing professionals every single day of my life uh, or not in my life of my now older career Um, and it gave me that opportunity to kind of take the things that I know the knowledge that I had picked up um, and be able to transfer to a football field and help myself Uh, and you know what I would if you don't know what you want to do for school and i'm not bashing school i'm not saying school is not the right idea but if you don't know and you're just unsure of where you want to take your schooling you know definitely look at the junior programs that's something that's helped me and you know it's helped numerous guys um in saying that in 2009 i, I have was looking at maybe going to ubc or, or ufc at the time really wanted me so there's a lot of programs that i definitely thought about furthering my education and going there um and in saying that, talking about school, I, in 2012, I went and got, um, you know, started my learning course of uh, welding, and I absolutely fell in love with that. So, it's one of those things that kind of came tenfold and allowed me to, you know, transfer into, you know, further my education, other than just bashing my head into people for
2: a living. <laughs> so, I kind of want to segue into this one. What was it like, first game, under the lights there, or what your first CFL game? Um, yeah, I mean, the, what's going through your mind? I mean, going from a junior program to... The so we were playing Calgary. Well, first we traveled. Uh we had a guy, a
4: teammate, his name was Joe McGrath at the time. He signed, I believe, out of Edmonton in two thousand nine, signed with us. Um uh, and then he quit the team. Uh and I don't know what happened, but he ended back in Edmonton and uh, Bob Whitey said, You're up again and they went from, you know, okay, like what like are we getting on a bus? No, we're taking a plane over there. I really didn't know what was what was happening. So we got there, spent the night in a hotel. Uh, my roommate was Chris Best. Chris Best helped me; mo- like, still to this day, helps me every every way he can. And it literally transferred from you know I don't know how much I'm going to play to playing three quarters of football uh, in Commonwealth and being actually doing pretty well. It's still one of my favorite games that I look back on, and having that opportunity to be able to, like to play in Commonwealth was crazy. And you think about a week later, we're playing Calgary at home. Gene Mikowski unfortunately, goes down with a knee injury. And uh, everybody's looking at Chris Best, and they say, Dan, you're up. Well, oh, man, I'm I'm playing a, with beside a guy that I'm looking up to in Jeremy O'Day. I got Mark Perino by beside me. I got starting tackles. It, and it was something that was unbelievable. I think the guys just told me to, to shut up because I was word vomiting because I couldn't stop talking. So, um but having that to be able to play in front of my fa- family and my friends and stuff like that, it's, it's truly unbelievable. And I cherish still to this day, any time that I can run out of that tunnel,
2: I still got the same kind of goosebumps that I did when I first stepped on that field as a rider. That's unbelievable. That's crazy.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I, I want to piggyback Drew there. I mean, what's it like being a Regina boy playing for the riders? Like, that, that's got to oh. be something else.
4: as a little boy that you know sports were kind of going to be my thing i played baseball and stuff like that and my dad asked me at a young age what i wanted to do and i said i want to be a major league baseball player and um, as i grew and grew um, my first ability to play football i kind of fell in love with it um and it was something that my size played a big advantage of it um in grade nine i was like 274 already maybe maybe about the height i, I am now I don't, I don't grow very tall wise i only grow width size. <laughs> So, um, but every day that I would start, you know, as I got older, probably grade 10, 11, when I got my license, I would drive across that Argyle Strike Bridge, and I'd look at Taylor
2: Field, I'd look at the, you know, the top of Taylor Field, and I'd be like, I want to go there every day. That's pretty sweet. That's a place that I want to go to work every single day. So it was
4: one of those mindsets and those goals, that's where I wanted to be. And and you know what, it continues. I'm very fortunate to still live in the city that I grew up in, obviously. Um, still get to play for the Saskatchewan Roughriders, Rough Riders. But when I cross that Argyle Street Bridge To go visit my parents And maybe on my way home I still look at new Mosaic Stadium I'm, And I'm thankful every moment that I can be in that
2: stadium So very uh, curious to know too I mean maybe this is a little uh, moving forward on your career But what would you say is your You know biggest memory Or best memory uh football Playing football you know Was it the Grey Cup was it, I don't know if you won a title in the Thunder What was your favorite memory? Or best? Uh, you,
4: it's not really – like, of course, you can't compare the Great Cup to anything. I've never won a championship in football. Um, and to win that championship at home, to hug Ben Heenan and look at him and be like, yo, we, we, we played football here in high school. We played RMF games here. And now we win a championship with this team. And it it's something that I – you know what? I can't compare any moment of football in my life. Um, I would say this year, probably for myself, not only was our team relentless in our drive to, you know what – we were down by 10 or down by 20 coming back i don't even i can't even count how many games that we went into the fourth quarter
1: down and had to drive have a you know, grind it out
4: drive for a touchdown uh and that was like huge i've i really have never been a part of a team that it was that relentless um but i would say my 100th game was very special to me um i've never played good at bc place always seemed to get injured there knock on wood um, and you know what, every, the stars aligned, we crushed them in the rushing game, passing was, you know, Cody was going off, it was one of those games that was just special, and to be handed the game ball at the end of it was, was pretty remarkable, um, other than that, like it's just any moment I get, I kind of cherish, especially since what happened in May, um, to be able to kind of continue my career and see what's been able to happen and carry forth. Um, I look at any moment, um, 2010 with the Regina Thunder was unbelievable. Um, I played under a lot of great high school coaches, and Jerry Thompson and Chuck Toth and Sheldon Neal and Barry Reese, guys that kind of like transformed me into the person I am today. Um, I don't know if a lot of people could survive in the way that football was back in the day. So, in um, saying that, I wouldn't be the man I am without them.
1: So,
0: Dan, I met you via Twitter because I think we're the only two guys in Saskatchewan that have one eyebrow.
4: Yeah, well, I am currently almost have no eyebrows. Oh. So, so, you may be the only person with one now.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, I know it was a year ago, May 7th, from your accident. Yes. Um, yep. Could you, maybe, if you wanted to tell our listeners about basically how lucky you are to be alive and you know what it took to get back into playing
4: absolutely I'm, you know i owe everybody you know as much as we we talk about our healthcare workers and you know stars plays a big part in my situation um i'm thankful for every moment um, if i can give back in anything that i can for them that's it's just at a drop of a hat for myself Um, So on May 7th, I was in Viscount, well, originally I was in Cudworth Community School doing a presentation with the Red Cross. Um, I drove to Viscount Community School to give a presentation in the afternoon. It was a beautiful day. That's one of the things I, like, strictly remember was how nice it was. It was was great for me. Um, Finished the school, got into my wife's SUV, it's a 2003 Envoy, Uh, and I remember looking at a white picket fence. Um, I text my wife, and the biggest thing that I always do is I put my headphones in. I have Bluetooth headphones because she doesn't run Bluetooth, and I put my seatbelt on. And the weirdest thing, and I don't know if you guys have ever done this, but my uh, something told me to put my phone in my pocket. Out of how many times uh, literally do I throw my phone in the cup holder, or in the seat beside me, yeah, or in the console? Uh, I don't know. Um, so once my seatbelt was buckled up, I remember my GPS telling me to take a left out of the parking lot while the school buses were blocking that kind of turn, look over my right-hand shoulder. I noticed there's a dirt road right beside the highway. I was like, oh, I'll just jump on that. So I jump on the dirt road and I would probably say about 10 kilometers, maybe 15 kilometers from the, um, uh, school. Um, I noticed in my left-hand side of my windshield was, uh, mosaic potash. And as I was driving, I make sure I take a, a look out the right uh, passenger door or passenger window, sorry. And I see, you know, the highway. I look back and there was a shark left. So for me, I, I guide her straight into the, uh, try to guide her straight into the ditch at that point because I know if I'm going to slam all my brakes, probably doing 60, 70 on the, you know, on the grid, what's going to happen? I'm going to slide in and yeah. the vehicle, right? So instead of that, I caught a rut next thing I know um, I'm sliding into my wife's uh, driver's door uh, in the moments I just put my hands side by side. I didn't want to grab the wheel just in case you know if I slam hard into the ditch I could break both my wrists or my elbows or something could happen um, and then I block out. Uh, next thing I remember which is very weird is I remember it being very very bright and like I could still see like a tree, in my memory kind of thing. And then I black back out. And next thing I know is I'm standing beside, uh, my wife's passenger side, front fender. Um, the batteries in my feet, between my feet, I look to my right, uh, and I see pictures. We used to have Sastel was a major sponsor with the red cross. And they used to do pictures of us as stickers. So there was pictures all over, uh, this farmer's field and literally looked at the vehicle and it was trashed. Uh, I touched my pockets. I pull out my phone and call my wife uh, my wife of course does like any other wife um, tells me everything's gonna be okay lay down where are you of course I've short-term memory you know a little bit of I wouldn't I wasn't concussed at the time but it was I didn't really know after traumatic accident right. and I got it back into uh, or sorry uh, my wife said just lay down because I was starting to feel some pain so a weird thing is I laid face down which was I don't know why I did this uh, but I thought it'd be easier for me to um, you know, talk to her. So I called, uh she she told me, Okay, call nine one one. I called nine one one. Um my wife Kayla, she started speaking with the Red Cross to find out what schools I was at. We were very fortunate. One of our uh my ex teammates, Paul Waldo, his wife, um works with stars. My. So she was able to contact Kayla and they drove up to Saskatoon together with her parents or with Kayla's parents. Uh and that she was in nose of what was going on. So in a moment of what what felt like five minutes before a first responder or stars showed up to see me, um, it was a half an hour actually if I look back at my phone. And in that time, just the, they did dispatched did an unbelievable job of keeping me calm and understanding the situation of what happened. Stars rolled up uh, first. The first responder showed up. Then stars. I could hear the helicopter come in, and then an ambulance come in. Uh, getting laid on the stretcher board. Um, and then a lot of people ask me like, how much of football is going through your mind? Like, this is your livelihood. You know, what are you worried about? And at this point I'm worried about kissing my wife. I'm worried about hugging my kids. I'm worried about being able to be there at the next, you know, sports or music or anything like that for my, for my daughter and my son. Um, get to the hospital i'm very fortunate uh as scott mchenry one of my ex-teammates but he works for the red cross he was there and so was kelsey prince with the red cross Um, i get taken to the emergency room and they start you know they start cleaning up my eyes get ct scanned x-rayed nothing wrong um literally came out of this traumatic rollover and ejection from a vehicle pretty much with scrapes and bruises on my body so in a matter of was it 24 hours let's fast forward i am out of the hospital walking into my dad's or getting into my dad's truck and we're on our way home so that's in that, that's in incredible that, that's yeah, cool. <laughs> you know what I, as i look back I mean, uh, you know what two days ago on may 7th it was pretty emotional for my for myself and my wife um just to kind of think about think back um you know there was one there was one moment that kind of is a little bit funny about it um the, the nurse looked at Scott and she says, hey Scott, I got a question for you and she goes, you know, after a traumatic accident people have little, you know personal, like, change of disorder, or, you know, what, personal change and, you know, is Dan always this nice? And Scott looks at the nurse and goes unfortunately, yes he is <laughs> so, um, and you know what you fast forward with May 7th and I reported a camp on May 17th, I wasn't full go or anything like that um, my wife would have preferred if I would have stayed in Regina to be to do my therapy and recover. Um, all I had really was a hip impingement. So imagine getting into a booth at a restaurant. You could do that three times perfectly. Um, and the fourth time you would cave and paint. The doctors had no idea what it was. Um, so I get to Saskatoon, I do my medical everything turns out great then, of course they start checking over my body and we start talking about my accident um and one of the doctors goes you know what i i think you have a fluid pocket in between you know between your muscle or your fat or your skin and every time you move the fluid sh- shoots out and it causes a ripping feeling which of course doesn't allow me to do running or squatting at the time right um, but I didn't, uh, you know what, from that May 17th or the day, that first day at camp that we reported, I never let it hold me back. Uh, I was doing everything that they told me to do. Um, I was asking to do more. I wanted to be in the pool. Well, of course, days are harder than some days are harder than the other days. Um, I remember, you know, one day Trevor Len. it was actually, uh, my parents came up. It was a Wednesday and Trevor Len. he's one of our trainers and, you know, a heck of a guy. He... I said, "Hey, I want you to push me today. Let's see where I'm at." So we pushed it, and probably my last rep of setting as an old lineman. Um, I had to, like a nine out of ten pain. Like I was done. Like I was over it. Like uh, you know what? Um, I kind of got changed. Everybody kind of left me alone. The guys in the locker room kind of didn't really talk to me at that point because I really wasn't myself. I got in my parents' vehicle and I burst into tears. I'm like, "It's over. I'm not going to be able to do this." My dad looks at me and says, "You know what? Maybe today's a breakthrough." Let's see how tomorrow goes. And he was right. You know, May 27th, I was back on the football field with my team. That's all I wanted to do. All I wanted, ever wanted to do and, was just to be there for my brothers. I don't have brothers or sisters. I do have brother-in-laws and sister-in-laws, but ain't nothing like going to battle with your brothers on the football field. So, and to be able to do that after my accident and prove to people that you know what, it doesn't, it ain't gonna hold me back. It was something that was, I look back and I cherish a lot. You, you know, earlier you asked me, what's something that you're proud of your career? I'm
1: proud that I actually went first 18 games ever off a car accident. Yeah, and to be able to look back at my career,
4: I haven't been able to do 18. I haven't been the most reliable body. So after that, it's just something that I'm, I'm very fortunate for.
0: Well, you you can consider yourself our brother now, Drew. Drew, uh, I, Drew yeah, Dan. That's
2: uh, that's incredible, man. I mean, we're happy that you're you're doing great, and um, yeah. I just
0: you know, and and something I I know firsthand. Obviously, you too, Dan, and I'm sure a lot of people out there. But you know, what doesn't kill you sure makes you stronger.
4: Absolutely, I was brought up that way. I was, you know, unfortunately, you know, in a world of uh, not a lot of uh, my dad was very, not hard on me, but my dad was realistic for me. In my household, I grew up that if you ain't first, you're last. Second place is first loser. So I grew up in that way, and I've always had that mindset, and that's something that's contributed to my football career. You know what? You know what? Getting yelled at by somebody in high school during football wasn't, you know, ain't going to kill me. Being able to run into the ground by our coaches, you know what? It's going to suck at the time, but it ain't going to kill me. So things like that i got to contribute to, and you're exactly right. You know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger.
0: Spring is the best time of year, but it's also the time of year that tree roots start messing with your sewer system. Action Sewer and Drain strives to be the best in the number two business, and preventative maintenance is key. And if needed, our new flow system allows us to reline and repair sewer lines without digging up your lawn. It's all about the action. Call Action Sewer and Drain, a Consumer's Choice Award winner, four years in a row. Call us at 306-586-2727.
2: Yeah, Daniel, that's, I mean, like we said before, I mean, we're happy that you're, you're doing great right now, and we're excited to hopefully get to watch you play this year. Uh, quickly, though, I got to ask, are you golfing? Like, what's going on? I mean, are you a golfer? Like, where are you playing out of?
1: a trash can as a golf course then <laughs> you can find me there uh
4: i am i am terrible i am i am tragically terrible we went to mike mccullough uh, has his tournament uh with the alumni and we we're out and I've, i forget what foursome i was with and we were just having a great time and uh like it just it, it just gets underneath my skin even thinking about it right now my blood is starting to <laughs> boil about golf and I remember the shot. Like he was like, "Okay, I got this." It's like it's short, you know, a little par three. You know, I got this. No big deal. And big slice. All I did was put the club over my shoulders and just snap the club. And I was like, "I'm done. I'm never again." <laughs> and literally, like Labat, if you if you wanted a golf guy, Labat is the man. He him and uh, Coach Sorrels are our line coach. They're always back and forth at each other. Of course, I'm always going to take Labat's side of who's the better golfer. Uh, but it's I love I love watching it. Uh, you know what I mean? I'm not good at it. If you want me to wash your car, I'd rather do that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? As, as much as I say that, I, I like to be able to go out and, you know, just to be able to drive the cart and talk and have that you know that, that relationship that golf brings that competitiveness that one versus one or one versus three I like I kind of like that kind of style but yeah uh, if if you want to know what golf course I golf at it's our it's brown it's got wheels the garbage truck comes and picks it up <laughs> that's where I belong as a golfer
0: so dan you mentioned to me the other night and i mean you just told us firsthand you're a terrible golfer right you yeah. also told me you're a horrible poker player and you yeah. qu- i'm quoting you a recycling bin at football what yeah. are you what are you good at
4: hey if you want to say like i'm i'm good at being a dad i'm really good at cleaning my truck
2: i love that there's nothing more that i enjoy than cleaning my how house. often you uh, clean it though i have a neighbor that does it four times a day uh, yeah, I definitely, I, at one point I was. Okay, uh, Dan, we'll talk to you later. <laughs> yeah, we, we got, we got my,
4: uh, we had my daughter and at the time. I, I had like a 2001 GMC Sierra and I loved that truck. And then my wife said, well, we need to get something a little bit better. So we bought this 2015, uh, black Ram.
2: Woo, daughter. Uh,
4: yeah, I absolutely <laughs> love this thing. But you know what? Over the time, having kids, it gets a little bit dirtier and dirtier. But every any chance that I can have a little bit of time, I you know I try to keep it clean as best as I can. So um, other than that, like I, my time is put into the gym. My my mindset right now is stay ready, so I don't have to get ready. Uh, I've been that's unbelievable. I've had uh, Levi Steinhauer, as you know, who writes my programs, um, and that's nothing against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, but that's helping a guy out that was an ex teammate of mine and. Uh, all I've done is get stronger and stronger. Uh, it's, I feel like I'm a fine wine right now. Um, that as I get older, I get a little bit better. So coming off an 18-game season, I can't really change our recipe.
2: Okay, so one more question here, uh, Dan, before we go into our uh, segment called Questions from the Gallery. Um, you mentioned earlier that uh, you're a very nice guy, and, and you are a nice guy. How do you get ready for a game to just smash heads all the time? I mean, like you're getting just... They, what's going on in the locker room, for your guy like yourself?
0: It's not. It's so... not Britney Spears in the earphones, is it? Pardon? I said, it's not Britney Spears in the earphones, is it? Uh, you,
4: you'll be. Hey, you'll be surprised. <laughs> what plays on my... There's been some Katy Perry that's popped up mid-get-ready-for-a-game. like Um, I've really changed. I used to be a big, like, loud music um, and just kind of get yourself hyped up. But the more and more that I play center, the more and more calmer I have to come into the situation. Um, You know what? We've got a great guy in in Dakota Shepley, and he plays. He's a big – he's our music guy. So whatever really comes up, I listen to. There's really a time and place where I put my headphones on and kind of do it or kind of get after it uh but you know what once i step on that football field it's a total different person i try to be as nice as i can and i'm not perfect um i'm not the nicest guy sometimes and who isn't but in those times that you know you really need to go to battle and you need to go to war that's when i flip that switch um one of our red cross representatives uh jordan Hoos, he does all the game day photos with the red cross you know kid responder and stuff like that uh and i've told them don't you don't ask me to do that unfortunately because i need to get into like my mindset um and in that situation it's really built up Uh, you know my dad my dad created a monster unfortunately when i was 13 he said to me you're the baddest blank on this football field and you gotta remember that (laughs) i kind of and i kind of carry that every time i go into a football field i'm not the smartest i'm not the strongest but you know what i'm gonna outdog you for 60 some plays a game and there ain't gonna be no one that's gonna outheart you the way i'm gonna outheart you so uh, in that mindset, I can as soon as I'm off the football field, and that's a crazy thing. You can go against, say, Amondo Sewell or a Ted LaRont or a Drake Nevis out of Winnipeg. You can just you can have a full-blown conversation with them after a game, and that's just the way football kind of works. You know that you're gonna beat the shit out of each other for <laughs> 60 plays, but it's gonna be what's gonna happen. At the end of it, and that's really where that that brotherhood relationship kind of comes from a CFL standpoint, and that's why I believe the CFL means so much to everybody.
0: So Dan uh, did some research on some charity work you're doing, and the campaign I believe is called Imagine No Bullying. I don't know if you want yep. to tell our listeners about that real quick.
4: Um, so with the Red Cross, uh, it's been with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, I believe, for 10 years. Uh, Luke Molander and Western Dressler started, started about 5,000 students, I believe, in 2009. So it would be 12 years now. Uh, maybe, yeah, 12. Uh, and it was about, you know what, we wanted to go, first it was one in five students we wanted to present a presentation to, to kind of bring them to what... Does the Red Cross view as bullying? What can be helpful situations? What can be ways they can you know get themselves out of those situations? Uh, and it turned to, I believe, two years ago, we were at like 35,000 students in one off-season. Uh, we spoke, was it, um, we, were, we were one-to-one, so every student in Saskatchewan had some kind of form of imaginal bullying training. Um, and the biggest thing is letting kids know they're not alone. Uh, you know what? Any anybody can go into a school and give a presentation off of a slideshow, but it's when you go into that school, can you connect with these kids that you can, you know, hold their attention for an hour? 45 minutes uh and that's what i think we do really well with our partnership with the red cross is you like to be able to i like going to talk to the kids as much as that i'm i try to answer every question i can politically i'll give them sometimes my my own honest opinion and you know what unfortunately if if somebody doesn't like it you know what i did the best i can but uh as long as i can go into a school and uh, my biggest thing is what what can you guys do to change it for the future and by saying that is i like to ask ask the kids when my daughter's old enough can you make a safer place for her to come to school and a lot of kids are like oh wow like i really never looked at it that way and you know what it's it's maybe going into you know saying hi to someone you don't usually say hi to or it's maybe you know asking somebody what's wrong um and a lot of it we're not even we're not even focused on just the, the bullying side of it we're looking at safer communities especially with the way the world is, you know, making a change. Uh, I believe Wednesday is my first Zoom appearance uh, that I'll be doing a little segment on stress and how we, how I deal with stress as a professional athlete. and You know, just things like that that, you know, we can let the kids know that even in these times they're not alone. We're always here to help them, and, you know, the Red Cross just does such a good job of that. Um, I've been all the way up to Uranium City, all the way to the bottom in Saskatchewan and everywhere in between, so I've been very fortunate enough to do the community work that I have.
2: Alrighty, Dano, uh, off to uh, a question from the gallery sponsored by Player Golf. You can use the promo code OFFTHEHAWSL15 for 15% off of your orders. That's OFFTHEHAWSL15 for 15% off of your orders. And yes, I'm wearing a Player Golf shirt right now, Chase. Uh, it's fitting just nice and tight. Okay, Dano, here's uh, my first question. Uh, bear with me. I'm just brainstorming okay. this one here. So my favorite number growing up was number 15. Uh, if you had to be a fan of the rough, uh, a Rough Rider... Okay, even if you're playing or if you weren't playing, my favorite rider was uh, Mr. Neilon Green. I'm not sure if they had uh, tinted visors. That was the reason why I thought it was so cool. So, who's your if you were a fan and maybe a player? Oh,
4: if we're gonna go current right now, Dakota Simply. Like if I'm if I'm a fan right now in the stands. I'm watching this man mull people to death. I'm watching him throw dudes into the ground. I'm watching this young man establish that he's going to be the man for years to come in the CFL. And that from not only being able to see that as a person beside him every day... But see that that want and that work ethic. Um, it's something that shows on the football field. I don't know how if how how anybody doesn't see that. Obviously, I'm biased because I watch the o line. Of course, you got guys like Swerve and you got guys got like Cody Fajardo. But that's a guy that can you know what be the next you know Gene Mikowski in this in this province.
0: All right. Well, we are a golf podcast, so I guess I better throw a f- few golf questions to you. Uh, who on the Riders is the best golfer?
4: Uh, you know what? I'm going to be biased here, and really that's all, who all I've seen play golf and, you know, who's talked about it. I'm going to go Brennan Labatt, uh, although, well, you know what? He did win when, you know, uh, we stayed back from going our first game last year or preseason game last year, so he did win that game. So I'm going to say, yeah, Brennan Labat.
0: And, and you know what? I golfed with Brennan probably oh, – it's got to be about three, four years ago. He, he's, he's from Radville or very close too, and yep. uh, I got – a buddy of mine lives in Radville, and we went and played men's night with him, and he's a hell of a golfer, actually. Yeah. I know he he golfs with everybody. Cody uh, Cody
2: brings his clubs down. Uh, Mitch Picton's a big golfer. Um, I think, played hockey with him.
1: Uh, oh, yeah?
4: Oh, yeah.
2: Back when we were younger, he... we grew up playing hockey. He's yeah. a good player.
4: Was he still soft as he is today? <laughs> Just, just kidding, Mitch. If you're listening, I love you. <laughs> uh, no, I, that's a, unfortunately like I don't, I don't get to see them play golf day to day. But I'm, you know, I'm always going to support the boys, and I'm always I going to pick Brendan Labatt.
2: So I don't know. I mean, obviously you haven't golfed a ton. Maybe you're saying, I mean, uh, where's your favorite course to play if you, if you have one? Oh uh, man, is it Aspen Links out in White City? Yeah, that's one. Yeah, yeah, Aspen Links. Yep. Yeah. It's really where we we
4: kind of end up as you know as a group off on uh, you know as an old line uh, on a day off kind of thing when I was a little bit younger, uh, and you know I always loved going there. Uh, the water loved my golf balls that was for sure. So they, they got as many golf balls as I could give it. So um, yeah, yeah, I remember you know a lot of great times, especially with golf with Bat, Ben Heenan, Chris Best. And it was just great to be able to get out and kind of do that stuff. So before I needed to develop anger management towards the golf course. so...
0: <laughs> Okay, so if you could play a round of golf, any course, your choice, which would it be, and who would you pick as your three partners? Oh. He's like
2: Trey Dickinson and your OC coach. And-
4: <laughs> yeah, somebody that's going to make me look good. Craig uh, Reynolds. You know what? I'm going to probably say Cody. I'm going to say Charleston Hughes. Just to add like, a little bit of humor. I know he golfs, and let's add Brendan Labatt in there. And I really don't know. You guys got to help me
0: out on the courses. What's a good place? Well, I mean any course. If you want to play Pebble Beach, you play Pebble Beach. Okay. <laughs> Pebble Beach then. Perfect. All right, there's the answer.
2: Yeah, I can't afford that. So you guys can go ahead if you want to. Uh, next question. This is a good one to ask all these these celebrity uh, players. Uh, whether it is hockey, football, golf, baseball, whatever the hell it is. Um, <laughs> best rookie prank. And oh, I just lost the next question here. Oh my god. Oh, cheapest guy on the team. Oh,
0: cheapest guy on the team? <laughs> Sounds like he got a fast answer for that one. <laughs> uh, uh, he's like
1: Brennan Labatt.
4: No, no, it's definitely not <laughs> Brennan Labatt. Uh, um, yeah. Actually, you know what? Let's say Mitch picked in again. You know what? As a guy that has Dairy Queen. They I, own the I, DQs, I yeah. I don't see a lot of D- DQ coming my way. I think he's gone in like once or twice. So uh, that's you know what, and as much time as we spend with each other, everybody's pretty good. I can't I can't really say we have the cheapest. Um, I think at this time in football, everybody's really looks out for each other if anything happens. So I, I can't really say that in in a mean way or picking someone. So uh, the cheapest I have seen though was probably Gene Mikowski, which was for sure. He uh, he did. Bare minimum on the road trips, which is for sure, which I remember. Um, Other than that, uh, you said celebrity. No, uh, rookie prank. Oh, rookie prank. Uh, well, we have a we used to have a rookie show where the kid where the guys would come up and you Sing know a song, give a show and know, stuff? stuff like that. Uh, what did we do? So uh, in Saskatoon, the uh, when we're at the U of S uh, Stadium, there's uh, the old line sits in this corner away from everybody, but on the other side is like the linebackers and DBs, and we, we call a mystery toss. So whether it be, you know, a, a Gatorade bottle or a roll of tape or a towel, we throw it over. Um, and that, that, that's that been pretty good. But the best ones, not just rookie, uh, Weston Dresser, myself, Ben Heenan and Rob Bagg had roommate wars in 2013 Great Cup. So I'll give you guys an example of what happened. One night we were, we were in Calgary. Uh, ben and I would go grab something to eat. And I just had a feeling that Weston got my key to my room. So I was like, Ben, I don't think we should go. Like, just go get food. I'm going to stay here. And he's like, no, 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 don't worry about it. Come with me. There's no way. Well, we come back to a pitch black room. Our, all of our light bulbs have been outscrewed from our uh, light sockets. Uh, the, the TV remote had its batteries removed. They took the chain off the toilet so it kept running. <laughs> they unplugged the TVs so like these two are like very like s- like sly get after you that way um and then i don't know if they set this up but over great cup we were stuck in the ramada together um well as a team we were stuck at the ramada and we shared like conjoining rooms so like i would always go over there they'd be playing baseball before we would you know on the playstation before we went out to practice and i always like to take their heat dial and crank it and turn it up high so <laughs> by the time they got back in there it was like hot 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 <laughs> um they put leaners on our doors um uh, i like putting toothpaste underneath people's door handles
1: so like
2: matthew barnaby was like he was saying the guys were shitting in shoes that like no one's doing that hey oh no
0: oh no i think <laughs> yeah. must be an nhl thing it it
4: might be because i think there might be like a fist fight happen in our locker room if it, <laughs> if it does um but there's there's a there's a big presence. Uh, we don't know who it is or you know uh, what kind of phenomenon it is but it's called a phantom and every team seems to have this phantom that comes out if a rookie doesn't you know maybe listen or maybe doesn't do as he's asked um, this phantom doesn't make a lot of appearances but when it does it kind of puts its foot down and lets you know that something has happened and it's it doesn't think it's right so i don't know who the phantom is so i can't really say the pranks that have happened (laughs)
0: So, this question has been asked by quite a few people, and we're hoping we can get the answer. But people want to know one player in the Canadian Football League that you cannot stand and why? Sean Lemon. The (laughs) Lemonator.
4: Yep, Sean Lemon. And why? Uh, And when he was with us, I forget, I forget, I think it was like 2011. uh, I can you know what the worst part about this is? It like brings PTSD back or whatever it's called. (laughs) And literally I remember it. So we, after practice, we were doing one-on-ones and I lined up at left tackle. You guys, uh, I'm six one. I've got the arm span of a T-Rex. So (laughs) I'm like, yeah, what's the worst that's going to happen here, right? So I, I line up and you know what, everything I'm setting. I'm like, Oh yeah. Like I got him. You know what? And next thing I know, this man hits me with a bull rush. (laughs) So as I'm flying through the air, about like five feet, I land on my back, and I'm not very happy with myself. I may say, I may say a couple cuss words at this point, and you know I get back up and I get back in the line. Except like a day later, it's on YouTube, like <laughs> a practice clip is on YouTube. So oh. that really didn't rub me the you know the right way, and then you know it was quick departure when we signed him, whenever that was, and it really it really doesn't matter. Um, it really and it gets put. You know, it gets put back to playing football against each other. You're always not going to find people you like. And you know what? I'm sure there's people that don't like me in the CFL, and I'm very okay with that. That's,
0: r- that's right. So uh, what's the craziest thing you've seen in a game, in a stadium, CFL, anything?
4: Oh, it uh, didn't happen to me. Uh, we had a teammate. His name was Nick Hutchins. He went to Tom Collegiate as well. Uh, we we're He was at the old is uh, Ivor Wynn. In Hamilton, yeah, I for win in Hamilton. Mm-hmm. And this dad—I'm a golf calls, guy. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, this this dad calls calls him over to uh, you know shake his son's hand. And he's like, hey man, you shake my son's hand. Nick Nick has a always has a big smile on his face. Of course, man. And like just he reaches up in the stands. He's on his tippy toes. Goes to give this kid a handshake. This kid pulls back, gives him the finger, and tells him blank you. <laughs> and I'm like
1: what
4: like. Mind blowing. Um, so that, like, that's that's probably like the rankest thing I've seen. Uh, yeah,
0: the old Steel City fans are a little crazy. So,
4: oh, uh, there, there's, you don't get very nice things said about you there. <laughs> I've been called fat many a times there, and I don't like it. <laughs> um, I would say coming out of the Winnipeg Tunnel is pretty ruthless. Uh, I remember somebody told me and me and Corey Watman that we need to eat a couple more cheeseburgers. I didn't find and especially being in white. <laughs> that doesn't help. That doesn't help a guy's self confidence at all. Yeah, um, it, but rankest you know what rankest thing I've probably seen on the football field, like talent wise, would been like Deron Carter's catch. That thing was insane. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, was it North where he caught it like in the backside of his hand yeah. with his hand to it? That was insane. Things like that. Like I remember, I remember, carry uh, coach. I think co- coach, 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 yeah, coach. Uh, Good. Uh, receiver, yeah, <laughs> receiver for us in two thousand. Eleven or ten?
0: That'd be ten, I and think.
4: Yeah. This this guy, you'd literally throw a deep ball up to him. He'd overrun the ball and catch it behind his back. Wow. So it was like the talent that you've seen, like stuff like that, um, has been crazy. I've seen people fall downstairs and stand in the stands. That's always a good laugh.
2: Troy's been one of those guys.
4: Especially, yeah, yeah. Especially as, I, as I should be watching the game. Like, I, live, I like to, my eyes kind of wander. I'm like a kid, like, ooh, shiny thing. So,
0: <laughs> that's,
4: always, that's always nice to kind of take you and distract you away from the game.
0: I know in, in 2013, uh, my father-in-law and myself, we went to BC to watch you guys play. And okay. first time I'd ever been there. And, like, I almost got in a fist fight with Lion fans because they couldn't believe I was wearing green in there. And I said, oh. and I mean, you've played there. That place is empty. It's all green. There's no orange in there. They that's the only time of the year that they open up the top deck. You know? You probably had a few area.
2: choice words. You're probably chirping guys all the time though.
0: Well, I know I probably had a few Molson products, you know. Oh yeah. Sponsor uh, the show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, and then you
4: know what? That's what that's what makes football football. I think a lot of it my interactions especially with uh, you know um the you know, after game interactions with people or people that i've talked to uh, you know we went to mexico uh this year and we spoke to a lot of rider fans that have gone to stadiums and they've been treated very well and i think that's what makes the cfl such an unbelievable place it's how you get treated when you go into enemy territory and that's something that's you know what i may not always hear the nicest things but um, you know when my wife and You know, her friends have went to games before. They've been treated great. So that's all I can ask for. And you know what? I expect to get chirped. And I'm okay with that. uh, I'm not the best-looking body, so I'm pretty sure I'm going to hear some tub-tub jokes. And I'm okay with
2: that. (laughs) Well, Daniel, this has been awesome, man. I really appreciate you coming on. I mean, we both appreciate it. Uh, We'd like to have you on again. Hopefully, uh, the season gets going. And hopefully, uh, we win a great cup again. And we'll have you back on here.
0: Absolutely. I love you, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much, Dan. Really appreciate it. And uh, keep fighting, eh? Thanks, boys. Take care. Westside Pizza, the name you need to know. We offer you more than just great pizza. We have fantastic food combos and delicious selections. We offer online services, which include paying online and curbside delivery to ensure your safety and the safety of our staff during this time. So check us out online at www.westsidepizza.ca or give us a call at 306-949-1090 for all your takeout and delivery needs. Westside Pizza, always here to help your hunger
2: hey everybody we have a very special guest on today he's from Great Falls Montana he's a former coach in the NFL two-time great cup champion and is currently for the last four years the Saskatchewan Rough Riders um, head coach Mr. Craig Dickinson thanks for joining the podcast today thanks for having me fellas I'm happy to be here so what's going on with you I mean obviously with these tough times with COVID and whatnot and uh, very I mean uncertain for everyone but I mean what's going on uh, in your life
5: yeah, it's not, it's not great right now, Drew and, and Troy. But um, I'm, I'm living in whitefish right now and trying to work as much as I can from here. Um, I've been in contact with Jeremy O'Day and Craig Reynolds and the guys in Saskatchewan every day. And, and we're just trying to do all of our work that we'd normally do if we were in, you know, in Saskatchewan and getting ready for training camp. But the nice thing about it is, we were able to pretty much get all the draft work done. I thought we did a good job on the draft, really put a lot of hours in on that. Uh, but that draft was last week. So now, you know, now we're into the situation where we'd normally be, you know, pedal to the metal for training camp, and there is no training camp as of now. So now's the time when um, it gets a little harder to find things to do. But we got plenty to do, but we're certainly all of us coaches and players, I'm sure, are really itching to get back to Canada and try to get
2: get back to work. So we had on Dan Clark just actually last week, and I asked the same question I'm going to ask you now. How often are you guys doing, um, you know, Zoom calls? Or, I mean, just contacting video chats with Jeremy O'Day, like you mentioned, or is it, or is it all phone based? Well, Jeremy and I,
5: we, we talk probably two or three times a day, so that's that's a daily thing. Um, all of us are on Teams, Microsoft Teams, which allows us to get together and see each other. That's how we conducted our draft. Um, the coaches are kind of taking taking the bull by the horns with their playing groups. I know the offensive line met tonight at 5.30 and went over some stuff. Um, everything we're doing is optional right now because we just can't, you know, we can't demand the players participate because they're not getting paid right now, and we respect that. So uh, everything's optional. But the attendance has been pretty good so far from what I've understood. Uh, we don't log attendance. It's pretty much – Uh, come as as you will and and if you can only stay for five or ten minutes that's fine as well but we just want to try to it's a way for us to communicate with the players and really just reach out let them know we're thinking about them thinking about football the the reality is the actual football part of the meetings is less than just the social interaction and just connecting with guys and and making sure that they know we're thinking about them and that we we uh we hope they're well
0: so, Craig, I know we're a golf podcast, but uh, we'll get to those questions in a bit. We just want to give our listeners some more background about you and your daily job. So as the head coach of the Riders, off-season, in-season, what is a what is a typical day look like for you as the coach?
5: Yeah, well, in-season, it's a lot busier than it is off-season. Um, in-season, the day starts... You know, I'm up around 6 o'clock and uh, try to get into the office around 6.30 and try to get together with the staff right around 7. 7 is kind of the time when everybody's in and, uh, and kind of in their offices and getting ready for the day. Usually we'll meet at the staff for maybe 15 minutes. Uh, a lot of days we don't even meet if we're, we're in good shape. And then we just get, get rolling. You know, players start coming in about 8 o'clock. Uh, meetings start at 9.00. Um, and then we're basically with the players from nine till about one thirty, and then after that, coaches kind of do their own thing and get ready for the next day. And uh, it's a busy day. Most of our most of our coaches are in, like I said, around six thirty, and usually don't leave the office until about nine or ten.
1: So oh wow! Well.
5: It's a busy day, uh, and it's uh, but it's a lot of fun. I mean, uh, it's a great place to work. Feel very fortunate to be able to coach in Saskatchewan with the fans really support you through thick and thin. And we feel like we got really outstanding uh, working facilities in Mosaic Stadium and, and good support from the top with Craig Reynolds and Jeremy O'Day. So that's, uh, in a nutshell, I, I've always felt like uh, Saskatchewan, if not the premier place to work in Canada, it's got to be in the top two because it's just a beautiful place to work in football and uh, coaching for the Riders. I think it's the best job in the CFL. So that's, that's a typical day during the season. Off-season, know it's a little different everything depends on on what you're doing but uh, we spend quite a bit of time after the season really looking at our our previous season evaluating the roster feeling we try to feel uh feel it out and try to get a sense for where we can get better where we may need to focus on in terms of free agency in the draft and then and then i try to give our coaches some some time off i think that's really important especially with the amount of time we put in during the season. I think it's important that guys get some time off. So I don't usually bother the assistants probably till about uh, you know mid January or so when we start talking about the combines and start looking ahead to the
2: next year. So uh, I'm curious. I mean, obviously you're a football coach and you're head coach of one of the, I think. Well, I mean, we're biased with Saskatchewan, obviously, but I mean the fans are nuts. Uh, I've been down to Oklahoma when I was in grade nine. I did see the atmosphere there at uh, OSU game. Um, you know now you're a coach when did you get into coaching what was your what what, what drove you to be a coach and what is the atmosphere like to I mean from a college standpoint or high school football down to canadian sure
5: well i didn't i didn't necessarily start out um with the idea i wanted to be a coach i wanted to play and i wanted to be as good a player as i could be yeah for sure um, those those days those days ended in, in university i I went to school at CM Russell in Great Falls, Montana, and we had a good football program. And growing up, being a wrestler was kind of the thing to be. You know, our our football coach, a guy by the name of Jack Johnson, he won an, a number of games. I think if he's not the winningest coach in Montana history, he's close. You know, he's one of those guys coached for 40 years, won, I think, 12 state championships. And so being a, a – uh, CMR Rustler and playing football for the Rustlers was a big deal and something that as a young boy growing up, that was something you wanted to do. So I I was able to do that. We had a good football team my senior year. We went 12-0 and 0 in one state. Uh, David, my brother, was the quarterback. I played receiver and kicker and punter. And then I went to a smaller school after after high school, a Division three school out in Minnesota, Concordia College, actually the same, same school that produced uh, – Vilstra, the kid, the receiver from Edmonton that's with the Minnesota Vikings now. Yep. Um, and, and I enjoyed it out there, but I wanted a bigger challenge. It was a small school. Um, there was a big emphasis on arts and on music, and I, I thought that was great, but for me, I wanted more football. So I transferred to the University of Montana, a bigger school, a Division I AA school, which is just one below Division One. And the reality was, when I got there, I was probably in a little bit over my head athletically. I, I was on the team, fellas, but I didn't play a lot. I, I was on the team for probably three years and probably only played in four games. Um, but I practiced hard, worked hard, did everything I could to try to make it, make an, uh, you know a contribution to the team. And at that point, my last year, my actual my senior year, the coach uh, approached me and said, you know, would you be interested in helping coach? And I said, yeah, I probably would because I love the game. and. I wanted to stay around, especially with my younger brother still having another year of eligibility. So I got, in, got into coaching at that point as a student assistant. And I was fortunate enough to be on some good teams that uh, we had success. And then when you have success in team sports individually, you get, you get some success as well. So that's kind of how it all started.
0: Oh, right on. So, Craig, you and Dave were the first brothers in CFL history to be head coaches on different teams at the same time. Now, I'm sure our fans and listeners are all wanting to know, when Calgary's playing the Riders, do you guys uh, do you get along? These are some friendly bets. Do you guys speak? Um, Who's tougher? <laughs> yeah, those questions. <laughs> <laughs> Who's tougher? Well,
5: David, David's probably tougher, but he's taking a lot more punishment than I have, too, because he played a lot longer. So his body's probably, you know, I biologically, I'm 16 months older than him, but if you took x-rays of our bones that I might it might look different he's beat up <laughs> he's taken a lot of shots over the years but uh, I'm uh, I'm thrilled when we get to play each other and the reality is you know we work hard all, all the time to try to put our best foot forward and and truthfully I know people don't believe this when you play you know when you play your rival or your brother's team for me in that this instance it's not as if you like Work any harder. Like when you're working 16 hour days and trying to put the best product you can on the field each week, it doesn't really matter who you're playing. You're going to work, you know, as hard as you can no matter what. Certainly, there's a little more motivation to do a good job and to try to put your best, you know, your best game together when you are playing your rivals. But um, it's not, and it's not like I'm playing against him. He's not trying to block me and I'm not (laughs) trying to tackle him. You know, we're just, we got our headsets on and most of the time, we're just watching what's going on in front of us and trying to make good decisions about clock management and when to call the timeout and when not to. So um, hopefully we play him a little better this year if we get a chance to than we did last year. But certainly I enjoyed playing against my brother. And the nice part about that is we know one of us is going to get a win. We just don't know which one <laughs> it's going
0: to be. So, so you're telling me you're not bribing the boys with some molson Coors and a cake dinner if uh, they beat Calgary?
5: Yeah, we don't see. We don't bet on the games. I just do that out of principle, because I, I, you know, we all know Pete Rose and all the stories about that. So we might have, like, we probably try. What we try to do is whoever's the home team, whoever's hosting, buys dinner for the other guy before the game. And we we don't necessarily put anything on the outcome, but we try to whoever's whoever's hosting usually is is buying dinner. So if they're in Regina, I usually take Dave out to dinner and I, and I treat him.
2: So, Craig, uh, I mean, just looking at some of these uh, notes here, I mean, uh, you're coaching Calgary, Montreal, um, Winnipeg, I mean, Edmonton. Now, obviously, I would say you're biased now. I mean, being the head coach of the Riders, I mean, being before that, what would you say would be the the toughest building to go into to play?
5: Well, I I think when I was coaching for the other teams, playing in Saskatchewan was the toughest place, without a doubt. Um, Now that I'm in Saskatchewan, I think – the toughest place to play in terms of noise-wise for us is, is Winnipeg. And yeah. Winnipeg's loud. Loud and, and boisterous stadium. I think they've done a good job over there. You know, even before they won it this year, I think Coach O'Shea and Kyle Walters have done a good job of of creating an atmosphere over there where it's difficult to go and play. So that's, that's a tough place to play. Um,
0: so... You know, you coached, San- you coached in San.
5: You coached in. Outside of our place.
0: Okay, I was going to say you coached in San Diego. You coached in Oakland. What's the comparables to Mosaic Stadium?
5: <laughs> I think Oakland. I think Oakland is very comparable to um, to the Riders for a number of reasons. So in Oakland, when I was in, Oak- in Oakland in 2010, by the way, that was a really fun year. I had a great staff. I was I was with uh, Tom Cable, who's a guy I respect a great deal, and worked with John Fossil, who I think is the top special teams coach in the NFL. Um, but coaching for the Raiders was a lot of fun because they had such history, you know, with Al Davis still being alive and still being in the building. You got a chance to walk down the hall and see Mr. Davis on occasion. And the fans there, they, they consider themselves Raider Nation.
1: So, <laughs> they really,
5: there's a lot of carryover because we consider our fans place to be writer nation and if you're born in saskatchewan or if you're ever in saskatchewan and love the riders, you kind of love them for life and it becomes almost like a rider nation wherever you go there's, there's rider fans everywhere and so oakland was very similar um i remember playing a game in phoenix we played the arizona cardinals and we were on the bus to go to the to the stadium before the game and you could just see caravans of pickup trucks and vans and vehicles flying the silver and black there'd be a guy I remember a van driving down the highway the interstate with a flag you know the Raider Nation and a silver and black pirate with you know the knife in his teeth and so you really felt like you were part of something bigger than just Oakland bigger than just that team and I think I think that's where the similarities of the two are, are very are very close and I know after spending time in Oakland and getting a chance to come back to the CFL I always felt like you would be a part of a team that has that sort of following and that sort of loyalty um, and be part of a nation of fans, that's something I'd like to do. So I, I really believe the, the Oakland Raiders and uh, the uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders have a lot in common.
0: Awesome. You know, I, I, I'm just trying to think here. Me and my wife, we were down in Denver. I don't know. Maybe you were coaching in 2010. Maybe you can help me out here. I remember Oakland came to Denver And they blew Denver out of the water. It was like 57 to 14. Were you with the team at that time? (laughs) I was with the team at that time. Thanks, Troy. (laughs) I had never been so scared for my life. It was my very first NFL game. And, you know, I bought a Denver jersey. I'm an Eagles fan, but I bought a Denver jersey. Well, my God, the black and silver there. When you guys were up by 30, I think, in the third quarter, like it was, there was fights in the stands, brawls. I couldn't believe it. Oh, yeah,
5: that was... That was an awesome game. Now, that was probably we got after that game. Coach Gable gave us all a picture of the score. I think we won like fifty-five to twenty. Or I, I thought it was
0: 57-14 or seventeen. But yeah, yeah, it
5: was it was a beatdown, and that was uh, that was only that was. Am I, who am I talking with here? This, this
0: is Troy. This is Troy.
5: This is Troy. Okay, and Troy, that was one of those games where. I've never, I've never been in a game in the CFL. doesn't happen because there's so, it's so easy to come back in the CFL. But in that game, literally, I was up in the box. I wasn't down. I was up in the box. So we literally just sat back and watched the fourth quarter because we were, <laughs> we didn't score a point in the fourth quarter. We had 55 after three quarters, and literally there was no way Denver could come back. It didn't matter if we just gave them the ball. We we could have taken a knee every down in the fourth quarter and still won by 30. I mean, it's just, there's just not enough time. And I just remember that game as being really, really satisfying because we as a staff had challenged our team the week before, maybe two weeks before, but basically told them, Hey, it's up to you guys what kind of team you want to be. And we've been pounding away at being physical, imposing our will on teams, being able to run the football, stop the run. And that was just one of the games where it just came it all came together and, and I remember before the game, seeing Denver come out in three-game warm-ups, and they had some giant guys. And I thought, boy, these guys are big. This is going to be a battle. And we just physically just hammered them. And it was it was probably my
0: most enjoyable win in Oakland that year, that, that game in Denver. Right on.
2: So, Craig, uh, okay. I, I'm correct if I'm wrong, but two-time Great Cup champion. I mean, I talked to a lot of hockey guys, a lot of golf guys, and now football guys. They all say the, the same thing. Usually the first one's the best one um just walk us through those two cups. yeah um the
5: first one was pretty special because i was able to was in calgary was in 2008 uh and david my brother was on that team he was still playing but but it was it was a, it was special it was the new that was the first year that huff came in and uh chris jones was the defense coordinator i was the special teams coordinator and george cortez was the offensive coordinator. So it was a good staff. Yeah, no kidding. And we had, you know, we had good players, and it was just one of those, one of those years where we won a lot of close games, and we ended up beating Montreal in the final at, at Olympic Stadium in the Grey Cup, and that was that was my first championship in the pros. i had been on championship teams in college. Uh, we won a national championship in Montana, and then I won one in high school too. Uh, but that was that was special. But I'll tell you what that Edmonton one uh, in 2015. I mean, honestly, that might have been an even more enjoyable year because it just just felt like that team we had in Edmonton. You know, Calgary had been on top for so long in the years leading up to that that year, and it just was just was one of those teams where we just had a lot of grit. And really, some good good dudes. I mean, Mike Riley's as good as they get. Ryan King was a long snapper. And, he just a great guy. Dion Lace. I mean, you can just go down the yeah. down the line. We just had such good players and really good people. Like Odell Willis, who, you know, if you don't know Odell, you think he's wild and crazy, but he's a he's a super guy to be around. He's just fun to be around and a good person. And so and that and that was one of those those teams where, you know, we felt like uh, it was our turn. Calgary had beaten us the year before, I think three three out of three and, and we went into that that season with our goal, we're going to beat Calgary and, and see what happens after that. And we did. I think we beat them two out of three, and then in the playoffs we put it on them pretty good. So that that was a lot of fun. I, I felt like that Edmonton year, 2015, I might have had a little more um, influence on the team and had maybe a little, uh, maybe gotten a chance to have a little better relationship with the players. So that one, that one actually, if you had to ask me, was probably the most special of all of them.
0: So. In 2016, Craig, and, and I, I got to be upfront and honest with you, I did not Google 2016 Saskatchewan Rough riders accidents cars, players, coaches, but we had Dan Clark on last week who was in a major car accident last year. reading your stuff, you were in a pretty serious car accident back in 2016 spent 13 weeks in a brace neck brace with a broken neck how
2: do you mind yeah do you, do you want to touch on that for us
0: Well you want me to
5: tell you about
2: that yeah do you want to touch on that for us i mean you don't have to if you don't want to yeah
5: yeah yeah that was yeah that was tough i I don't remember that was after the 16th season i think wasn't it so might have been in 2017 that's not what
0: the leader post said (laughs) i'm
5: not even sure it's in 2016 whatever it was right around that it was that it was the off season uh yeah it was in november of 2016 and then i was in the brace for uh 14 weeks i think it was actually but um yeah, that was a that was a tough deal. You know, I, I was I was home visiting my brother um, in Calgary, and they were playing BC in the West Final. And I was just driving back from a day of snowboarding. I, I got a chance to go out one time that year, and uh, going to my brother's house, and it was at night. It was that time of year when it's real dark, and I, I just made it. You know, I was unfamiliar with the area and uh, was involved in an accident on the highway was the high speed collision between me and a, another vehicle. And I was able, I, I got hit from the side. So I got T-boned in the driver's side door. Jeez. And, uh, yeah, I was probably lucky, lucky to, you know, walk away from that. It was one of those deals where I ended up in the ditch, you know, quite a ways down the road. And, uh, I was still in the car. And I was worried the car was going to start on fire. So I crawled out through the passenger side and, uh, Tried to get back to the main main highway to see if the other person was okay, but something wasn't quite right. So I just sat down, and um, thankfully the other person I found out later was was okay. But I I took the brunt of it. And uh, anyways, thank goodness there were some some doctors and some people that were trained in those sort of things that were on the scene quickly, and they quickly immobilized me and and uh, put me in one of those back break you know backboards and what have you, and they called me off to the hospital. And, um, I thought I was going to be okay. I thought I might have had a punctured lung because I couldn't breathe very well. Uh, I knew I was going to be bruised up pretty good, but then they came back and said that I would fractured my neck and that I'd need to maybe have surgery. So, anyway, long story short, I didn't need the surgery, thank goodness, but I was in a pretty heavy-duty brace for 14 weeks. Couldn't, couldn't move, couldn't really do anything. <laughs> I had to wear it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, Thankfully, at the time, I I was in a a wonderful lady named Lisa Swallow. That was my girlfriend, and she looked after me and kind of nursed me back to health, really. And so uh, I I was in tough shape for a while, but I pulled through. I was able to get most of my my feeling back within like a month or so. And then uh, I made, I think, a full recovery, so... Very fortunate. And I feel very lucky. I have nice. people around me. And the dear Lord was looking after me that that night because that that could have gone the other way really easily. So I, I feel I feel fortunate. And the and the writers reached out. You know that's the great thing about our organization. Jeremy All Day reached out. Craig Reynolds sent flowers.
2: You know <laughs> I was in the hospital for about a week and and you know I just really felt that's what we do down here, well, Craig.
5: And, and, and appreciated by the writers and, and I I was able to. You know, my folks were able to come up, and Lisa came out, and so ended up ended up uh, working out okay. But uh, it was a, it was a long, long winter, and I spent a lot of time in Regina because I couldn't travel after that. I was I was homebound for a
2: while. Yeah, and, and there's lots to do here, so I'm sure you had a lot of fun.
5: <laughs> <laughs> it was a cold winter.
2: I got a lot of walking in. I will tell you that. <laughs> okay, so I have to ask, and now we're gonna move into some golf here, so. What's the golf game like? Are, are, are you a stick? I mean, what's your handicap? Are you playing a ton? Man, I, you know what? When you told me you were going to talk about golf, I thought, well, boy, I hope they don't ask me too many questions. <laughs> I used to play a lot of golf, um, and I was actually on the high school golf team when I was a high school kid. Um, I was on the uh, CM Russell high school golf team. And were there I, tryouts? Because when I went to school, we didn't have tryouts. Those were my, best, my d- best
5: days of golfing, and I... i I don't know what my handicap was i was probably a 10 to a 12 maybe and uh shot some decent rounds but uh after that i I got into football and I, i stopped playing a lot of golf and i think my body changed so i wasn't nearly as good after that but i still like to get out once in a while and i certainly enjoy watching it and uh you know i gotta get a little bit better but i do enjoy the game now, if I get out to be off those and I can break, you know, ninety, I'm happy. Back in the old days, if I hit ninety, I, I would have.
0: Been, <laughs> Craig, sounds you know, this crying, is Troy, but it sounds up. like you and now, I should be golfing together.
5: Don't take ninety, ninety's <laughs> not so bad for me anymore. And it sounds
0: like you and I should be golfing together, Craig, because that's me, not Drew. <laughs> <laughs>
5: so I, I guess. I had good numbers in, in high school. I had a couple of good days. <laughs> so that's, on a, those days are long gone.
0: So on a like ballpark, how many rounds are you getting in, in, a, in a year? And are they in D- Saskatchewan D- or are they right back now, home?
5: Uh, I got one round of golf in last year. I went <laughs> up to Yorkton and played one round in May. Deer Park? It was blowing and cold, <laughs> and I don't even think we kept score. But I got one round in. I did go to the driving range uh, quite a bit, and um, I was able to go out to Royal Regina and hit some balls on their range, but I did not play any more rounds of golf. It's just so hard for me to get away. Four hours is a big-time commitment for me. I just don't have that four-hour block very
2: often. Who's your PR guy? We'll call him and we'll get you for a round of golf.
5: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if, if you got some courses where I can get out and play and, and join you, I'd love to come out and play a little more golf because that's one of the things I'd like to do a little more of. I, I'm going to get some new sticks. i got a buddy that's going to hook me up with some new irons which I are desperately needed and i'm looking forward to getting out and playing a little more golf this year than i
2: have in the past have you ever played golf in uh billings montana in billings yeah
5: i did i did back in high school when i was on the high school team i played the one time in a that.
2: tournament down there. there's a ni- nice track down there I'm not sure what it was called though but yeah it was in billings um did you play at the yellowstone country club i bet you did I don't know, straight green grass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's, no. There's three or four of them down there in the Yellowstone. That's the nice thing about being
5: on the golf team in high school. Is, you know, I, I come from a pretty modest family. My dad's a school teacher. My mom stayed at home with us. So we, we didn't have a lot of money, but being on the high school golf team, you get to play all these nice golf courses that you'd normally never play. <laughs> Usually I'd be out at the old Muni track, but all of a sudden I'm playing these country clubs because I'm on the golf
2: team. So I have a question about actually about the Riders now. I mean, to segue back to um, football here, uh, who would you say is the biggest uh, character uh, on the team? Well, Dan Clark's
5: the character. <laughs> uh, he really is. I mean, anytime you dress up as like a cartoon figure on Halloween for practice, <laughs> I don't even know the name of the guy. You, you probably would know if you had uh, It's some sort of dinosaur character.
2: I'll look and, it up. Uh, We're Googling yeah, it. Yeah, he's.
5: I don't know who it is, but he dresses up every Halloween and practices with a full-on, you know, <laughs> outfit on. So he's definitely one of the one of the biggest characters on that team. Uh, we got Oh, it, so it so
2: was uh, Sully from Monsters Inc. Sully, that's it.
5: Sully, I didn't know who it was either. I don't. I don't have any kids. I, I still Sully don't know who is. Sully is. That's it.
0: <laughs> the, the last Sully I thought was the one that flew the plane and landed it in the river, but. Yeah. Haven't seen Monsters, Inc. <laughs> right. So, who? okay. Who's the big. So, he's
5: he's one of them. Dan Clark's one of them for sure. There's a few guys. Mike Adams kind of a character on defense. We always got it. He's always wanting to argue with somebody about something. So, there's a couple of characters.
0: Okay. Well, we asked Dan last week, so I'm going to ask you the same question. Who's the best golfer on the Riders?
5: The best golfer? Oh, goodness. Well, our old line coach plays quite a bit, Coach Sorrell, and I know he would. He would he would want want me to vote for him. I haven't played. I I played so little, guys, that I, I don't even know who golfs on a team. <laughs> and again, just just word out there. If people want you know want, to, want me want to throw an invite to a round of golf. I'm always game for that because half half the time I don't know even who to go with. But uh, I think Soros, Cook Sorrels is a pretty good stick. Um, you know who else is a good stick is Blue. LeBat's a good stick. Yeah, that's what Dan said. Uh, he he said Brendan was the a big best. big guy, he, he hits it pretty nicely. And then back when Getzlaff was with us, Getzlaff was a good player. Um, him and Dressler were pretty good sticks. So I would have to say, fellas, as of right now, being that I don't know, I'd have to say Coach Soros is probably our best <laughs> stick, and, and LeBat, Blue, would have to be right there with him. Those
2: two guys. Okay, so I'm kind of curious now too but I was wondering if you do any uh, charity work or uh, – yeah, just let me touch on that if you if you could. Um, I don't do anything specific.
5: Um, you know, certainly all of the all of the stuff that has to do with junior football. I'm a big fan of that. Um, I went out to Yorkton and spoke at the Yorkton Minor Football um, Banquet. That's why I was out there. I was scheduled to speak at the one this this year for the Thunder. Now, anything that has to do with minor football and really just helping kids get involved. In the game, I, I certainly enjoy doing I'm working hard to donate as much blood as possible. I haven't been as good lately as I was a few years
0: ago. Well, a little uh, tough these days to that's, do that. That's some,
5: of, some of the things I like to do
2: is try to, try to help out that way. <laughs> Craig, I, I, think, <laughs> I think you have Troy's mic muted the whole time. This is awesome. <laughs> What's that?
0: Can you hear me when I'm talking to you? <laughs> Yeah, now. <laughs> no, I, I said it's a little tough to do blood work these days with COVID.
5: Yeah, I, I you know what? I used to be able to donate blood. Um, I'd go in usually once a month or so, but uh, it got to where they had to interview me all the time, so I had to do all these questions, so I was a little <laughs> bit lazy and getting in there. But uh, that's something I want to do. Stan Swartz, a guy I worked with in Calgary, I think he had something like a thousand plasma donations, and I remember him they made a big deal out of it. But I just remember talking to him. And I thought, you know, that's a quiet, nice way to give back to the community. It's not charity necessarily, but it's the right thing to do. And uh, when this COVID thing settles down a little bit, and I'm in Regina for an extended period of time, I'm going to head down to the blood services and see if I can at least get on some sort of schedule where I can go in and donate blood and plasma on a regular basis. It's a little thing, but certainly it helps, and it makes me feel good
2: to do that. Already Craig off to our segment. Now questions from the gallery uh, sponsored by player golf. Be sure to use the promo code off the hosel 15 for 15% off of your orders. That's off the hosel 15 for 15% off of your orders. Already Craig got some questions here for you. Okay. Um, this is like, I don't know, this is more so a general question for, I'm sure everyone you probably, you've probably had a hundred times already now. Um, you know, obviously with COVID and, and the pandemic, are you as a head coach and I'm sure you're doing recruiting and whatnot, And I'm pretty sure we're hosting this year, right? They're hosting the Great Cup this year. So, I mean, are you you concerned that there may not be a season this year?
1: Yeah,
5: I am concerned. I mean, I think everybody is at this point. I still am very optimistic and hopeful that we will get a season, but, boy, you don't have to look very far, and and you should be concerned. Even if if you're not a sports fan, this is a a nasty deal. It's real, Um, and – it canceled some major sporting events already because of it so it's 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 a threat to to north you know it's a threat to the world and we don't we don't necessarily live in just isolated places anymore we live in a world where people can get places easily and, and viruses like this spread easily so i'm definitely concerned keeping both fingers crossed you know both hands and fingers on both hands crossed that we can figure out a way to have a season i know our people in in the league office are doing the very best they can. But this is one of those situations where the virus kind of kind of dictates what we do. And right now, we're kind of in a wait-and-see mode. And hope I'm very hopeful we can get a season in. I don't know what it'll look like, but I certainly am hoping we can get one in.
0: Mike wants to know, if your coaching career hadn't worked out so well, what job or career would have you pursued?
5: Hmm, that's a good question.
0: Well,
1: Originally,
5: I was planning on being a high school teacher. That was what I went to school for. I was going to teach high school history and maybe coach. You know, coach at the local high school. Um, I don't think I'm going to go back to school anymore. I, I see, I see. My sister's a school teacher, and both my parents were. I think that's enough teachers in the Dickinson family. So, <laughs> um, the probably the job I would do. I, I mean, I really enjoy being outside. So the other the other job that I thought about doing before I got into coaching was I thought about either working for the parks or working for the, the fishing game. So I was going to be either a game warden or work for the national parks somehow, making sure the trails are good and and, and keeping an eye on those bears, making sure the bears aren't killing
0: people and stuff like that. <laughs> Only you can prevent forest <laughs> fires. You'd be like Ernest. Yeah, yeah. forest
5: <laughs> fires too. I just think being, being outside, working for the parks would be a fun job. You do a little bit of everything. Sometimes you 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 clear the trail. Sometimes you got to kind of get the bear. If there's bears in the area, you got to shoo them out. Sometimes you got to do avalanche control work. I just always thought that would be a fun job.
2: You're not scared of bears, eh? You said shoo away bears. I'm like, I'm out. Actually, I'm definitely scared of bears.
5: (laughs) And it's probably the best thing because I don't mess with them. I stay as far away from them as I can. But uh, I got a healthy, healthy respect for those guys. You definitely don't want to be near them, especially when there's cubs around. Uh, But there are bears out here where I'm at, and uh, there's
1: bears in the park. So if I did do that, I'm sure I'd see a few.
2: So this is a common question from uh, everyone we've talked to. Do you find you have maybe more of an added pressure coaching here in Saskatchewan than all the other places you've coached?
5: Uh, I don't know if added pressure, but added scrutiny for sure. Um, and I'm totally fine with that. You know, the one thing you don't want as a coach or, a, or as a player is apathy. You don't want to be somewhere where people could care less. You,
1: know, yeah. you
5: have to remind them that you got a game on Saturday. But you don't have to do that in, in Saskatchewan. So, I don't know if the pressure is greater. I mean, you certainly get scrutinized. I mean, I had all sorts of people uh, writing in and asking uh, why I didn't want to wear a headset that first preseason game. And then more people were asking me, uh why I why I uh I don't remember something about I had a shirt on they they thought was strange or whatever, but the reality is you get you get uh, scrutinized a lot when you're in Saskatchewan, but you get such great support and people care about football. So to me it's well worth it. Uh pressure's everywhere I and mean, a lot of times pressure is, is stuff that you put on yourself. So I don't know necessarily if you get more pressure but Definitely get more scrutiny. and uh, People are interested in what you're doing, win, lose, or draw, and people want to know, you know, what you're up to. So I'm, I'm totally fine with that. I accept that gladly.
0: So Barry messages on a Twitter page, and he wants to know if you could play one round of golf anywhere in the world and choose your three partners, where would you play and with who? Oh,
5: boy, that's a good one. Um, I would play. Where would I play? I would play probably um, – beach down there in, in uh, California and my three partners uh one would be my brother that would be one uh and I'd love to play with Arnold Palmer that'd be two and my third partner would be my grandpa grandpa Lou who's passed away but he was the guy that got me got me interested in golf to begin with so I think those would be a, that would be a good group me my brother Arnold Palmer and Grandpa Lou, me and Dave would take on Arnold and we <laughs> Lou, and we probably,
2: probably lose by twenty strokes. Okay, <laughs> so a couple more questions here for you. In six words or less, uh, describe your golf game.
5: Erratic, <laughs> streaky. It's two.
0: Ugly too.
5: at times. Ugly is the only word I'm using on that one. Um, enjoyable. <laughs> Um,
2: don't play enough <laughs> there
5: and uh yeah infrequent <laughs> and the last thing would be windy because i grew up in great falls and i play now in Saskatchewan. <laughs> windy would describe, describe it as well
0: who is your favorite pga golfer and why
5: okay you know i don't watch it as much as i used to but i, I I still enjoy, I used to enjoy uh, Phil Mickelson. So he'd probably be, and I got a chance to meet Phil when I was down in San Diego, cause he's a San Diego guy. Um, and I had a chance, my brother actually had a chance to play with him and was out shopping at like some furniture store and missed the call. Drew Brees called him and said, Hey, Phil Mickelson's got an opening. Do you want to go play? And <laughs> <laughs> David missed it. Oh. Uh, but I got a chance to meet, meet him. Uh, He's not that big of a guy. I know he looks big on TV, but, uh, you know, he's, he's just an ordinary-sized guy. But I, I really like him. I like his, you know, his approach. He's very aggressive. Sometimes I wish he wasn't so aggressive, but he would probably be my favorite PGA pro. I think he's a good dude, and I always was born, born for Phil Mickelson.
0: Okay, last one What's for that? you, Craig. Here's, yep. here's the last one. True or false? Do you enjoy Theory of a Dead Man? You mean the band out of Vancouver? The band, yes.
5: Oh, yeah, they're great. I went to a Theory of the Dead Man concert last year, and it was fantastic. The only negative is I had to sit with these people. They were wild and crazy. Oh, yeah, here we Don't go.
0: <laughs> I was just looking <laughs> at my brother. We, and
5: We all know who I was sitting with at that concert. <laughs> and by the way, thank you, Troy, for... Those
1: tickets, you and your wife, you guys were, were great company, and that was a lot of fun. Uh,
2: don't fun. thank him. He just wants a free shout out there, Craig. <laughs>
0: no, it we're was a that. lot of fun. We had a really good time. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, Craig, this has been awesome. Uh, we, we really appreciate you coming on the show today, and we want to have you on again. Hopefully, the season gets going here, and we um, we win a great cup, and then you can come back on the show. Sounds good.
0: Thanks for having me, fellas. Thanks, Craig.
2: Alrighty, boys. Um, there's the interview, episode number 20. 20, 20, with uh, Craig Dickinson and Dan Clark. It's not bad, boys.
0: What do you, what do you think? Well, I learned two things. Coach Dickinson loves bears, and Danny Clark, hell of a golfer. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? It, it was crazy, even when, you know, Troy, when you said how Craig had an accident, and we didn't know about that one. You know, we knew Dan had one, and then we saw that he had one too, and it was... Yeah, that was a little... Uh, Oh, what's the word? Uh. Caught him off guard. I don't know. I mean, it, it was a crazy score. I don't know. I, I just thought it was weird how both those guys had on, you know, had had different stories about how they were in accidents. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Great week, though.
0: You awesome know? week. Jared DeTwa,
2: awesome Bob Weeks on Monday. T- uh, you know, just today we had on the head coach of the Riders and Dan Clark. Well,
0: th- that one was for Rider Nation.
2: And the CFL
1: too. I mean, we got know?
0: CFL... Kind of on hold. Training camp is supposed to start on Monday. So hopefully our listeners enjoyed this one with uh, Coach Dickinson and Dan Clark. Uh, again, want to welcome Dan on board. Yeah, thanks for having us.
2: Dan D-Hags. Man, that's crazy. We didn't talk about that in the intro, actually, about the CFL. But hey, maybe next week we do a little rundown on where things are at with the CFL. We're hoping for a, you know, a great cup in our, in our hometown here. I'm hoping for a few games in pill country. <laughs> I'm sure some of our listeners. Yeah, well, you're a D-gen, though, so you want to be in that in have uh, pill country there. So, anyways, nope. a few
3: Molson products in pill country.
2: Oh, I like that a little for Davy Stewart, La Long Ball. Uh, Troy, you want to rip off the social media handles and the contest we had before we all say bye bye?
0: Yes, Twitter, Instagram, both at underscore off the hosel, Facebook, off the hazel. Get on there. We got three gift cards, fifty dollars each, for our friends at Divots Indoor Golf Center. Like, share, comment, retweet, tag your buddies. Everybody will be entered. We're doing the draws Friday. Last thing, Drew, let's put it to the people. We're going to throw an Instagram poll. Who do you want to hear Monday? Let's get ready to rumble! James Duffy or Scott Pritchard? Go to Instagram. We'll get that poll up. Whoever the people decide they want to hear Monday.
2: You will hear them. Absolutely. Troy, Always good to talk to you. You too, brother. Daniel. Take care, guys. Have a good week. Let's go. See you later. Take care.